Welcome back to Entertainment Talk. Today I'm here to do another film review. This one's going to be for the Super Mario Brothers movie, but the 2023 animated version. I'm your host Matthew, and we're going to start off spoiler-free. Not that there's really loads to talk about in the spoilers, but there's there's a few things which we can talk about in a little bit. Uh, we'll start off spoiler-free. Go to our rating system. Of course, we've got strong must-see, must-see, don't skip, possible skip, skip, and hard skip. I'm going to land on a very nice 8 out of 10, don't skip. Uh, so, yes, Super Mario Brothers movie. Uh, i finally seen it after being slightly ill last week and whatnot, but let's forget about all that. Um, it was a good time. It was a good time. I don't think this is one of them films... I mean, sure, I could sit here for an hour or and, and like pull it apart and, you know... You know, go bit by bit or whatever, but this isn't really the film to do that with. This is very much a good time popcorn flick that I think does service Mario as a character. Um, there are two things that do stand out that are negative points towards it. Um, I might as well get to them now that, now that I've just mentioned that. You can't blame a voice actor for taking a job. And that's ultimately what Chris Pratt did. Whatever the audition process was, um, ultimately he, you know, if, if somebody says to you, you can be the voice of Mario, you're not really going to say no, are you? You've, you've heard of stories in the past where actors have turned down roles for whatever particular reason, but if somebody says to you, you can be the voice of Mario on the big screen, you're not going to turn that down. I found Chris Pratt's voice as Mario to be awkward. Um, I don't think it was bad. I don't think the performance of his voice acting was bad. It's just not really Mario. Um, I'm not going to knock him for it. I'm going to knock the people who did the casting auditions for it because... I think you should have had an Italian or a Latino person or somebody who, um, I was going to say embodies, that's not how that works obviously, somebody who sounds more like Mario, but at the end of the day, Chris Pratt, he's not got an Italian voice, um, and somebody said to him in an audition process, do you want to be the voice of Mario on the big screen, he said yes, or his agent, or whatever, however that would have gone, he was given a script, and he's got to do his best Mario voice impression. And that's just how that goes. But because it does take up a lot of the portion of the film, because Mario does speak a lot in this film, you do hear Chris Pratt's voice a lot. So it, this isn't just sort of, oh, you can completely ignore everything in this film and just, you know, switch your brain off, have fun, because Chris Pratt's voice is in this a lot of the time. Again, I don't think the performance is bad, but, um, why didn't you just get somebody who wasn't American, I think? Um, I don't know. It's, it, it is what it is. And this film's probably going to get, I would say, at least two sequels. I'd imagine at least a trilogy. And he's probably going to be the voice for those two. Again, not blaming him. He is doing a job. He is paid to do a job. Um... But it is awkward, I think. Not bad, just awkward and just it just doesn't quite fit right. So that's my thoughts on that. Because that was one of the concerns going in, which was, okay, how is Chris Pratt going to sound as Mario? It's not bad. 
It's just a bit off, a bit awkward. Um, so that's my thoughts on that. The other thing is, and this is kind of interesting coming away from The Last of Us. Now, I'm not going to remotely try to compare HBO's The Last of Us to this. Those are two wildly, tonally different things, and I understand that. With The Last of Us, you have a situation where you're going for more realism, gritty, grounded, realistic, and trying to be... Trying to fit game mechanics into scenes, but not making it video gamey, which The Last of Us does. I mean, it does a lot of things, right? It does that very successfully. When it comes to things like Sonic, Mario, things that are more family friendly, I kind of expect to dig into the video gamey stuff a lot more and to really lean on it and be, f- and be fun with it, have fun with it. This film does do that. And it's really, really fun when it does do it, whether it's a piece of music or something that Mario does, like jump on a box or something, or the way that he hops, or the way that he runs, or um, going through pipes, or you know, those those sorts of... There's even, like, you know, little 2D sort of scenes, like side-to-side sort of scenes that work quite well. I think this film would have benefited more if it leaned even more into it. It leans into it a fairly decent amount, but there are a lot of scenes that are just normal animated scenes with characters in them, which is normal, of of course. But I think, like, you could, I think you should have lent on it even more. And we'll see how the second one does. Um, now, the difference here between this and Sonic, which are more comparable than this and The Last of Us, Sonic has a bit of a different aim, and that sort of has. A bit more of a real world. I mean it does have. People on screen in it. So therefore it does ground that a little bit more. Whereas Mario here. Is just 90 minutes of animated characters. Because that's how it goes in the games. But yeah. Whether it was like. Even just more like little sounds. Little noises. Little bits of music. Or callbacks to other Nintendo stuff. Which there are. This is in that. And this is only a 90 minute film. But it should have leaned on it a lot more, I think. I, I think it should have really gone for not being silly, but just just be wacky and fun and just, just be very, very video gamey. So we'll see how the second one... And I mean, I know there's not been a sequel announced, but come on, this film's going to... I'll be absolutely shocked if this film doesn't get a sequel, or at least a trilogy. So again, not like a... Neither of those two points sort of make this film worse. They just, if you'd have gotten around those problems or things more... Uh, it could have been even better than what it was, I think. So those are my only two sort of knocking points against this film. Um, more just constructive criticism rather than actual negative things. Um, so there's that. The runtime, structure, pacing. This film kind of flies by, really. And it is only an hour and a half, but I've seen some films that are about the same length that kind of drag their feet a little bit. But um, no, it's a good fun time that will go very, very quickly. I mean... I realised at one point, oh, we're in the last act of this film. Like, oh, it, it, this film is wrapping up. Oh, that was that was that was quick. Not too quick in terms of you know speeding past things. That the pacing here is is very very good. But um, no, pacing's good. Structure is is interesting. I would say. So yeah, overall, a good time. Uh, it's just to briefly talk about the other voice cast, um, other people doing voice work in this in this film. I was thinking going in, just based off the trailers, that Jack Black was going to be the best here. He's uh, voicing Bowser, 
and I think he was the best voice in this, the best voice performance in this. Uh, Anya Taylor-Joy's Princess Peach, I thought, was very good. Um, the other characters were, were, were pretty good as well. Seth Rogen as Donkey Kong is, is pretty good. Charlie Day as Luigi is, is, is quite good. Um, and yeah, there's, there's some other voice casts that, that are pretty good here as well. Um, but... I know some something about there's like a gravitas to Jack Black's um, performance as as Bowser, um, and I thought that worked. Re- he fits that character really, really quite well. Um, but Jack Black's a, pr- a pretty awesome actor anyway, so that was that was good. Uh, and Anna Taylor, Anya Taylor Joy, sorry, I don't think I've seen her in a ton of stuff, but her voice as, as Peach was. Um, was very very good. Uh, Keegan Michael Key as Toad was good. Charlie Day, like I said, was good. Uh, you got Carrie Payton as the Penguin King, that was pretty good. Um, and yeah, some others that that were quite good as well. So overall, in terms of my yeah my, my uh, spoiler free spoiler free thoughts on this, um, I had a good time. I don't have anything specifically negative. Just sort of like okay, Chris Pratt here is a little bit awkward as Mario. Still good, but a little bit awkward. Um, and the film should have tried to be just even more video gamey than, than what it was. So yeah, don't skip. 8 out of 10, I recommend you to go and see it. It doesn't matter how old you are, of course. Family-friendly film. Um, so yeah, I, I want to dig a bit more into sort of like character-specific stuff, I guess, uh, in the spoiler section maybe. But um, yeah, good time. I, I don't think this is sort of a film that's... I mean, okay, if you want to do like a two-hour deep dive on this thing, you can. But this is a family-friendly popcorn flick with Mario jumping around. So, um, hopefully you have a good time with it. But, um, yeah, of course, it's Easter at the moment. Good timing for it, by the way. Um, Of course, we've got the uh, Easter break at the moment. Uh, It's specifically Easter Sunday today. So, um, if you've got family, friends, or whoever whoever in, in your life... And you want to have a good time for 90 minutes. Because um, I, I smiled, I chuckled, I laughed at a few bits. I thought there's some uh, some good stuff in here. Um, so yeah, it's it's a good time. I do think... Because um, I remember coming out of Sonic. And that was before we'd had like Last of Us and Sonic and Mario. And all, all these like better video game adaptions. And it was like, okay, Sonic looks pretty good. They listened to fans. They redesigned Sonic, which which was resulted in a very, very good thing. Uh, voice cast was great for that. But there was people were on kind of an edge for Sonic, right? Of like, um, oh, you know, video game adaptions to other things have been very bad. Is Sonic going to be the one that sort of breaks the curse, so to speak? Because um, Uncharted didn't, didn't do it. No, Uncharted. I can't remember if Uncharted was before or after the first Sonic. I think it was after. Um... Again, Sonic, there's some interesting similarities here, because Sonic was kind of, oh, it was a good time. Sequel could improve upon things. And I think Mario 2, whatever it's going to be called, um, is going to hopefully be able to do that as well. Not not like improve a bad film, but hey, you have a sequel. Let's go and let's try and make things even better. And I really do think if you lean more, lean go, go all out. Go all out with nostalgia, with Nintendo stuff, Mario stuff, Easter eggs. Just go for it, because... If you're heading to the big screen to watch a film like Sonic or Mario, you're not there for deeply written, meaningful, um, human, you know, 
incredibly well-written stories. You're not there for that. That That's for things like The Last of Us or, you know, if you do Red Dead Redemption one day or something. That's where you get that deep, you know, human character story, you know, that, that type of thing. You're not, you're not seeing Sonic or Mario for, like, deep story, um, you know, deep hu- human character development. You, you're there to have a good time. Um, if you want to read more into what's here, then, then you can. But I really don't think with Sonic or Mario, if you're there to be really, really critical or sort of, oh, I'm going to do a deep dive of, like, Bowser or Mario here. I mean, you can do if you want to, but just just go there to, to, to just have, have a good time. Um... And hey, if you are somebody who's played Sonic or Mario games, you're probably going to go, oh, there's that Easter egg and that Easter egg and that Easter egg. Um, And I just think Mario could have benefited from it more. My last point here for the spoiler-free section. So we've had Sonic, had Mario. We're sticking on the animated platform characters, so ignore, ignore Last of Us, ignore Red Dead for a bit. Those are totally different tonal things and whatever. I remember saying, I did a podcast, what was it, two or three weeks ago, roughly, and I said, here's two video game to to film adaptions that I'd like to see. They were Crash Bandicoot and Call of Duty. Call of Duty you could still do as, like, a CG kind of thing, but, again, to- totally different to Sonic, Mario, those sorts of pa- platform characters. Um, Call of Duty could be a fun experience, but it would be a bit, deeper and and whatnot than than something like Crash or, or or Mario or Sonic. Having now seen the two Sonic films and the Mario film, which have got similarities but are different in their own ways, if you literally take the exact same format as this Mario film, I want that for Crash Bandicoot. I think it could work very, very well. The same if you take a I think it's Illumination Studios, um take them Activision, get get on the phone to Illumination, or the other way around, whatever way that works. Um, presumably before they get bought by Microsoft, or you can do it after, whatever, I, I don't really care. Um, one of you get on the phone to the other one, and get a Crash Bandicoot film done. And Spyro, I think Spyro could work pretty pretty well for this. Because um, yeah, if we're going to be in this era now of like properly doing video game stuff, video game to TV and film, I would love, I would absolutely love... To go and have a similar experience. Of course, I. The thing is, for me, appreciated Sonic, appreciated Mario. Those aren't my. Those aren't my platformer characters. Crash Bandicoot's my platformer character. That's that's the one that I grew up with. I've, I've played, you know, a decent amount of Mario. I've played a few Sonic games here and there, but Crash Bandicoot's my thing. That's like you know, the the nineties PlayStation child here. Um, you know, Crash Bandicoot's my thing. So if and other people's thing as well but crash means more to me than what sonic and mario are very cool but crash bandicoot's my platformer character if you literally take like same animation style get a voice cast in there obviously you know crash bandicoot doesn't speak a whole lot but there's other characters that do you've got coco and other characters literally do the same thing make it about two hours whatever and go with that and you've got you've got a story there with crash bandicoot one two three and four i'd love to see that i would um you'd have me there Maybe on day one, if not the first week or so. It depends on when I can get to cinema. But I would love to see that. That's very much what I'd love to see. And I kind of had that feeling going in, but of course I hadn't seen the film. Now that I have, I very much want the same thing, but for Crash Bandicoot. I don't know how well that would do, how popular that would be. I think Crash is still a big name. But if you were to ask, let's say 20 people, name me a popular video game character. 
Of course, there's a lot out there. Not franchises, because people might say GTA or Red Dead or something, or, like, you know, COD. If they, if you say name a popular video game character, it, it, is there a more recognisable video game character than Mario? Because I, I think he's at the top of that tree. In terms of, like... Okay, you might not know, you might not know much about Mario. You might not know the games and the, or, or the lore or whatever. But if somebody said, "Here's a picture of this character. Who is it?" Um, same thing with Simpsons. Um, I think they they recognise Mario. So there you go. But yeah, this thing's doing incredibly well at the box office. I hope it continues to do really really well. I would be. I know we live in a bit of a different era now with cinema, but if this doesn't make between eight hundred million to a billion, and it's already hit. 400 million I heard the other day and this is like opening weekend uh, although they did count from Wednesday to Sunday so whatever it's almost made about half of 800 million which is about 400 million um Shazam's done John Wick has made a lot of money D and D is going to do what it's going to do um got a couple of films out there do, doing doing some bits but we're talking about Mario here Easter weekend Family friendly, which means you can get more butts in seats, so to speak. Uh, it's open to everybody. It's Mario, one of the biggest video game, game characters in the world. If not one of the biggest characters in the world. If this doesn't make between 800 million to a billion, which I know is quite a high amount of money, I'd be quite surprised. Um, so there we go. Anyway, that's it for the spoiler-free section. Just a couple of things to talk about in the spoiler section. Um, including, by the way, if you are going to go and see this, which I recommend that you do, um, there is one initial post-credit scene, and then there is quite a long bit of credits, but then there is, um, there's two post-credit scenes, basically. One that's, like, almost straight away, and then one that's after the actual full credits. I, I'd recommend sticking around for both. They're, they're both, like, quite quick things, but I think they're worth seeing. So, um, yeah, they're trying to do, they're trying to do an MCU here. But, uh, anyway, that's it for the spoiler-free section. This is your first spoiler warning. We're going to take a break, come back, and, uh, talk some spoilers. See you in a minute. Today's sponsor is Manscaped. You can get 20% off with your order with Manscaped by using the promo code that we've got with them, which is ETALKUK, that's E-T-A-L-K-U-K, to get 20% off your order and free shipping with Manscaped. They sell various different men's grooming products from shavers, razors, ear and nose head trimmers, different clothes and deodorants. You don't even need to Google Manscaped themselves. You can click on the link in your show notes, whether you're on a podcast player or the website uh, version of the episode and you can go and click on that link in the show notes that's also got the promo code written in the show notes as well so you can either copy and paste the promo code etalkuk etalkuk you can either copy and paste that into your show notes or type it in in the promo code box and click apply that will get you 20 percent off your order with manscaped and free shipping first hand quality professional with manscaped from their packaging to the items themselves, even the way the items are stored in the packaging is very, very first class, very professional, so no questions about Manscaped's quality. Thanks very much to Manscaped for sponsoring Entertainment Talks podcast, and thank you very much for listening. Hi there, if you're looking to get started with a website of your own and a domain name, we've got good news for you. With our affiliate link with Kualu, you can click on that link which is in your show notes, which is for our affiliate link. You can go over to Kualu to get started with your website and domain name today. They've also got a very handy chat support system which is usually in the bottom right hand corner to send messages back and forth to Kualu if you'd like to ask them for help to get started with your domain name and website today so that's Kualu and you can use them to get started with your website and domain name today thank you very much to Kualu for this affiliate link
Hi there, if you'd like to get rid of the ads in Entertainment Talks podcasts and listen to the ad-free versions of our episodes, we've got good news for you there as well. You can subscribe to Entertainment Talk at either the $5 level tier or $10 level tier. The $5 level tier will get you access to all of Entertainment Talk's previous ad-free podcasts and the future ad-free podcasts that we make in the month that you're subscribed for. If you also subscribe to us at the $10 level tier, that will get you that benefit that I've just mentioned. And it'll also grant you access to request a review for two episodes of a TV show and a general discussion on that show or a film review of your choice. So if you if there's a TV show out there or a film that we've not covered perhaps and you'd like our opinion on it, we can watch two episodes of that TV show or film review. So it's one of either of those per month. Of course, if you continue subscribing each month, you can pick a TV show, then a film the next month and so on and so forth. This is a great way to support entertainment talk, get your ad-free podcasts and also get some reviews of your choice. Thank you very much for supporting us and thank you for listening. Back to the show. Alright, it's spoiler time. If you've not seen the 2023 animated Super Mario Brothers film, you're going to want to click this podcast off. You can find, of course, the other stuff that we've done over on entertainmenttalk.org and your favourite podcast platforms for TV, games, films, and Man United podcasts. So if you're not currently hands-free for whatever particular reason, uh, this is your chance to pause, mute, take out your earphones, whatever, turn the volume all the way down, however you want to stop hearing me speak, uh, because I'm going to get into spoilers. Um... So yeah, it it was an interesting kind of origin thing here for Mario because we we saw a bit of it in the trailers, right? In terms of Peach is the one, or Princess Peach is the one that's kind of um a bit more trained, if you want to call it that. Like she can do the obstacle courses, she can fight, she's got like, you know, she's used to being in the field, if you want to call it that. I don't really know what the right term is. And Mario, this is kind of his origin of... He lives in the real world, or his real world. Not a Sonic-type real world, but his real world. He is an actual plumber. Um, he does, like, this advert with his brother. And um, they get some calls. They get, like, a first call. They kind of mess it up quite badly because um, of this dog. So that was that was kind of fun. And then actually getting sucked into one of the pipes. Uh, him and his brother, they get separated. The only bugaboo I've kind of got a little bit with the structure, which it worked out in the end, but to begin with, so Luigi goes off to Bowser's world, dark, whatever it's called, and then Mario goes off to the Mushroom Kingdom, he meets, I think it's Toad, uh, King of Michael Key, um, and then he learns all about the Mushroom Kingdom and Princess Peach, and they agree that, okay, Bowser's the bad guy, and and it goes from there, I don't need to explain the story. Uh, so... Peach goes to like start training him. That's where you get your few first bits of video game bits and pieces. Um, and he's really bad at it until he's not. He trains for a long time. Um, but you got to remember, this is this is a Mario that has not done this before. He's not been doing the jump, jump, whatever. Uh, he can do a bit of it because there's like the cool sort of 2D um, flat part where him and his brother, him him and Luigi, kind of go off to their job. And he's like jumping over a few bits and Luigi's carrying something. Did Luigi have his... Um, there were quite a few nods to Luigi's mansion here. Especially in terms of like the horror... Or, or like not horror. 
there's a spooky elements when he gets sort of captured by Bowser and he's there's a point I think I caught it briefly there's a point where Luigi's holding um because it's kind of a like Ghostbusters-esque machine isn't it in in the because I played Luigi's Mansion 3 on on Switch it was it was quite a good time uh but um yeah so that all, all happens I initially kind of was thinking oh you're separating them and it's going to be instead of your traditional oh Bowser's kidnapped Princess Peach again and you're off with your brother kind of to save the day that's the basic concept for most Mario games but this being more of an origin was Luigi has gone through the wrong part of the portal or the the, the whatever it is the pipe Doctor Who-esque sort of portal he got shifted off into the dark world and Mario is off into the kingdom. Peach is very aware of the situation. And it's going to be Peach teaches Mario how to do obstacle courses. And be the Mario we know that he can be. And how to use power-ups and stuff. And they're going to go from there. But that kind of initial... Okay, he's on... He's with scenes in Peach. Sorry. With Peach. And they're going to have scenes together. And then Luigi's off with Bowser. I mean, I suppose it was their way of sort of... Okay, Bowser's in his own thing. He wants to marry Princess Peach. And we're going to... So we're going to put Luigi in those scenes. It worked out initially, but I thought it was going to be this sort of back and forth, back and forth, back and forth of cutting... Because that's where your kind of your structure of your scenes come in, which is when when are you cutting away from Mario to show Luigi and Bowser? And then when are you going to go back the other way? Uh, but I thought they handled that quite well. But initially I was like, oh, okay, we're going to get 90 minutes or 80 minutes, let's say, of them being in separate worlds. And then last 10 minutes, they'll come together and beat Bowser. But it was a little bit earlier than that. So um, I thought that worked out pretty well. But where where I thought that did work pretty well is where Luigi's had a bunch of his Luigi's Mansion games. And that's a bit more the spooky, darker side of things. They did try to put some of that emphasis into his scenes with Bowser. And I thought that actually worked pretty well. But initially I was like, oh, it's just going to be the brother separated for most of the film. But but it wasn't. So that was good. Uh, what else do I want to talk about? Um, I liked the um, intro sequence. You kind of got the da 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 that, that sort of part. Um, that was quite good. You got to see sort of the, um, the old versions of... Um, Mario and Luigi, they're sort of jumping about on stuff. Um, first time we've ever seen a Nintendo logo on the big screen. I mean, I know there was the, the old Mario film. I can't tell you what was shown at the start of that because I've never seen that film. But it's really, it's quite staggering if you think about it, really. How many video game films have we had? We've had loads of video game films. But and Mario has been around for, I don't even know how long, uh, but before my time. Um... And you've had like all these different Nintendo consoles, all these different uh, Mario games. I wonder why it's taken. And obviously, that the first attempt you did was a live-action film, which, from what I understand, I- I've seen bits of it, and it doesn't look very good. It looks a bit odd. But um, that's really that. Is Nintendo really only made two video game films? Because I don't know what they- they've probably done, like some animated stuff on Netflix or whatever, but. That's staggering if you think about it, really. Because um, you've had Zelda, you've got Link, you've got Donkey Kong, you've got um, Mario himself. I'm surprised it's taken this long to do this. I mean, if you think, if I think back to my earliest, you know, animated memories, Toy Story. 
Toy Story is coming up to being 30 years old. And Mario is older than that. Um, it, it's staggering. But hopefully now, now that it feels like now that we're in an era where Last of Us happened and studios went, oh, oh, you can do good video game adaption stuff. We've been doing it wrong all this time. But then here comes HBO and Sony and Naughty Dog and Neil Druckmann and you know Craig Mazin and that. And Last of Us comes out. It's like, oh, we, we can do this really well. And of course, that kind of happened before with, with Sonic. But you kind of had... Because I, I, I really do think Sonic and Last of Us put... like Because, of course, they're the two different ends, right? One of them is a family-friendly, you know, good time. And the other is like a serious, gritty, dark human drama. Um, and you've had, like, you know, the Mortal Kombat film and that kind of stuff. But it, it's pretty staggering that it's taken this long to do to do Mario on the big screen. In animated form, anyway. Um, but yeah, uh, but yeah, the, the start where it's like Nintendo logo, I was like, oh, this is literally never seen this before on the big screen. Uh, this was kind of fun. And you get like the little, you know, music bits at the start. I thought that was a really good way to kick things off. Another part, which I really love now when it comes to childhood nostalgia, of course, I'm more of a nineties PlayStation kid that that's where I sort of sit with that. I do have nostalgia for the GameCube. And although it was a very quick thing. Luigi's ringtone being the GameCube start, I was like, hang on a minute, I recognise that sound. And he lets it ring a couple of times, so it does it like three times. And it was a ding. And I was like, hang on a minute. I just, that, that light bulb moment. Because if you were to show me, you know, um, N64 or pretty much any Nintendo console before that, I'll, I'll recognise them if you if you show them to me. But things like the sounds and start-up sounds and that, like, I won't really recognise that sort of thing. But, um, because I think I went from PS1 to GameCube to, like, that then went onwards from that. But I heard that ringtone and I was like, huh, GameCube, that's really cool. And it's, when I mentioned at the start, leaning into, I think you should have leaned into Nintendo's history a bit more. Um, and there is bits like Mario playing, I don't know what the what the game was, but he's playing a Nintendo game. Things like that. You should have done that a lot, lot more. Because it really, really worked. And it, it, it's fun. It's silly. It's nostalgic. It, we, we all know what it is, right? But this is the place to do that. And they did a good job when it was on screen. I was like, oh, he's playing, I think it was an N64. And he's playing some Nintendo stuff. And there was little Mario noises throughout the film. And um, those sorts of things. But you, you should have done that. Like, a, like really lean into it a ridiculous amount. I think it would have worked quite well. So, there you go. Because this isn't really a film. This isn't really a film where it's going to be, you know, oh, we can't have too many Easter eggs because it will distract from our story. Sonic. I mean, it's it's Mario. So, you know, do what you're going to do with it. Um, but that was good. Um, what else do I want to talk about with the with the spoiler stuff? Of course, yeah, they they beat Bowser. I mean, of course, um, it would have been a very dark twist if, let's say, Bowser had killed everybody or or something that would have been kind of interesting but uh no of course they go the they go the normal route with this which you expect so you got that going on um other spoilery things to talk about um i do think they like they, they kind of how do i want to how do i want to put this bowser's the villain you know that but um, and Jack Black, again, does a really, really great job. I, th- I think he does the best performance here. When he's doing things like... C- 
because he's kind of not to get again too deep into themes or because there's going to be things that adults notice in this film and there's going to be things that kids don't notice because they're younger bowser is very controlling of peach um and basically okay i need to marry you um uh, it's going to happen and him sort of torturing him ordering his side person whoever it was to torture toad and then like integ integrate um or interrogate luigi and then like oh if you don't marry me i'm gonna torture your friends it was like okay um it wasn't, it wasn't dark but it was and i get it he's supposed to he's supposed to be intimidating and, and, and kind of threatening i almost got i don't know i was watching because he has a very good entrance to this film bowser he made me think and he's not trying to do the same thing thanos is trying to do like he's a he's a different type of villain but Certain villains have a certain amount of presence on screen. And I felt Bowser's presence in this film, which which you're kind of supposed to. I, I mean, if I had looked at Bowser in this film and think like, oh, you're, you're a whatever sort of character, then it, it wouldn't have worked, I suppose. But um, he has a presence, certainly, on screen. And... You do kind of look, okay, you know, size and whatever. You look at someone like Bowser and Mario and you think, how are you going to beat him up? Same kind of thing with Donkey Kong when those fights were, when that fight was happening. But, yeah, whether it's him, you know, interrogating Luigi or being kind of trying to be, you know, controlling of Peach. Of like, no, you, you'll you marry me or I'll torture your friends. <laughs> um, which, in a more realistic, gritty, grounded, darker sort of thing, that would have come up a lot more darker. But this is like the family-friendly version of that, right? So, um, but it, it worked. It was just, it was a little bit striking at point. And I'm not saying it put me off. I'm not saying it was too dark. It was still family-friendly level. But I guess Bowser was as intimidating as he as he should have been. Um, but again, I think that uh, that, that was quite good. Um, all right, post-credit scenes. Uh, we got the first one, which is, of course, they shrink brown, well, not, they don't well they yeah, they do shrink him down don't they because you've got the um it can make mario smaller or bigger depending on the mushroom that you eat uh in the game of course you just jump on them or whatever um and they give him was it a blue one i think because the red ones make you bigger i think and the, the blue ones make you smaller they give him that so he can be put into a little thing and um captured and whatnot and then he tries to sort of get out at the end but uh, they they managed to sort of keep him locked away, so kind of implying uh, okay, you know Bowser's gonna. Eat. I would be surprised if he wasn't in the second and the third film. I'm trying to think of other other villains that Mario's got. I can't think of any. Um, Donkey Kong. I I was getting that's another little sort of just before I talk about the other post credit scene. I I was thinking at one point about Spider-Man, Venom, and Carnage in this, because if you look at it, Carnage not Carnage, Venom is kind of he teams up with Spider-Man at certain points, but he also fights him, and Carnage is the big big bad, right? Carnage is the is the more dangerous one. You can kind of look at this as, and I, I never thought about this for some reason until this film. 
Mario is Spider-Man. Venom is Donkey Kong. And Carnage is Bowser. In a sense of Mario slash Spider-Man are the... They're, they're always the good guys, right? Always trying to do the right thing. They're, they're the good guys. Donkey Kong slash Venom are the... They will fight Mario at points, just like Venom fights Spider-Man at points. But if a bigger bad comes along, so a Bowser or a Carnage, they will team up on those occasions to fight the bigger bad. It's sort of the enemy of the enemy is a friend, or whatever the phrase is. I never once thought of that. Throughout the whole history of everything Mario and Donkey Kong, um, I never once thought of that. But that's kind of how that works, because Donkey Kong can be kind of the villain-ish, because he does fight Mario at some point. But the agreed thing is, if you manage to beat him, I'll give you my army and Donkey Kong with him. Uh, and he kind of taunts him at some points about, you know, I was at you trying to flirt with Peach and, and that kind of stuff. That was that was kind of fun. Um, but then, hey, there's a bigger bad out there with a lot more power who is Bowser slash Carnage. Carnage, of course, is very, very deadly in the, the Spider-Man world. So I kind of equated it to that. But until they teamed up, because as soon as they teamed up, I was like, you're kind of the Venom and the Spider-Man, and and Carnage is a little bit like Bowser. Um, so yeah, that was that was kind of how I how I thought about that. So other post-credit scene, very interesting. There's a there's a blink and you'll miss it sort of nod or foreshadowing to this, because an interesting way again to equate this to Sonic is first Sonic film. It's Sonic versus Robotnik, right? That's your main kind of thing. No, there was no Knuckles, no, no Tails, no, um, who's the other one? Is there another one? Who, why can't I think of the other character? The other characters that, that, that were introduced in, uh, Sonic 2. Sonic 1 is, okay, it's Sonic versus Robotnik, and that's that. Sonic 2 introduces, okay, the other characters, and you're like, oh, wow. You know, you've got more characters that you can work with, that they're in the game, they get introduced, and Sonic 2, I think, is an improvement on the first one. First one's not bad, second one just improves upon it. And I was watching this and I was thinking, okay, Peach is already here, Toad's here, Donkey Kong's here, Bowser's here, um, Luigi's already here. What are you going to introduce? Because you're kind of out of options as to, okay, because you could have maybe done a first Mario film here where it was just... Okay, maybe it's just Mario, Peach, and Bowser, and then you do Donkey Kong, and Luigi, and maybe Toad in the second film or something, or, or something like that, something similar to that. And I was thinking, what, what, or who could you introduce in the second film to include more characters? And I can't, for the life of me, remember the name of the character. It's the little dinosaur character that Mario can ride. In, in the games, you sort you get him out of the egg, and then you, you he makes you jump better or whatever it is. I can't for the life of me think of what the character's called. There's a part where I think it's I think it's Donkey Kong, Peach, Toad, and Mario. They're sort of on their journey. They go across this little river bank thing, whatever it's called, and there's like a bunch of the little I'll just call them little dinosaur people. I can't remember what they're called. There's a bunch of the little dinosaur people, and I think there's a green or a red one that turns round. And looks at the group and kind of smiles and walks on. I was like, oh, we haven't had you yet. I recognise you. I don't... I can't remember your name. I recognise you. We haven't had you yet. And there was, that was a quick little bit of foreshadowing. It's a blink and you'll miss it kind of scene. And I was thinking, huh. They haven't introduced that character in here yet. Or that 
character who is kind of more of a mechanic than anything else. A mechanic in the games. And you go to the plumbing thing, the underground plumbing area in the second post credit scene. And little egg hatches. So there we go. I think Mario is going to get that character to jump on and or use however you want to put that in a second film. So that's quite cool. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So we'll see how that goes. But yeah, could you? I mean, it's called the Super Mario Brothers. Super Mario Bros. Bros. So it is the two of them. But now I'm kind of thinking, okay, what about if you just did a Mario film? Because you don't have to have Luigi in the Mario stories. What if you'd done a post credit scene where like Luigi pops up and he's in the second film? But he's but he's here anyway, so whatever. So, um, And Sonic, I'm not going to spoil the character reveals for Sonic. They did that twice. And there's a Sonic 3 which has been nicely set up. And I think they did a very good job with that. But they chose to take a different route with Mario. So there you go. Overall, good time. Enjoyed it. Curious to see what they do with the sequel. And uh, Activision and or Illumination get in contact with each other. Uh, I mean, Pixar can do it if they want. I more than trust Pixar to do almost anything. But uh, just based on like animation style here, if you're going to do the same, if you're going to do the same thing, but for Crash, I'd be more than up for that. So Activision, stop whining about COD um, or PlayStation, whatever. Stop whining about <laughs> what's going on with the acquisition. Get on the phone to Illumination. And get a um, get a Crash Bandicoot film done because I'd love to see that. Don't know who else you could really do. Like Sly Cooper isn't really in the public eye. Croc isn't. Ratchet and Clank you could do that with. I, I I'd watch a Ratchet and Clank film like this. I know they kind of did one before, but it was like it was a film that was based on the the game, which was ba- they were like based on each other. It was a stupid thing to do. Um, but that didn't really that didn't take off or be as big as what this is. That was just sort of a dumped on Netflix film, I think. But, sure, if you want to do this for Ratchet and Clank, I really like Ratchet and Clank. Croc, again, has been out of the public eye for far too long. Sly Cooper, same thing. I'm trying to think of other platformer characters. Spyro, I think, would be great. Uh, the Spyro community is very, very hungry right now for content, so you could do that. Um, heck, you could do Spyro and Crash in the same thing. They've had, like, crossovers before, so uh, if you want to do that, that would be pretty great heck you could already i'm already envisioning you know crash bandicoot film spyro post credit scenes i don't know you could build a little something off of that so we'll see but uh, who do you think should get the next animated family friendly popcorn flick fun uh video game to film adaptions what other video game adaptions would you like to see now that we're in an era of better ones uh for me last of us sonic one and two mario and not Uncharted. Um, I'd love to see somebody do Uncharted again. Like do do it do it properly. <laughs> but uh, it's very disappointing. But uh, yeah, which other platformer characters would you like to see get this sort of treatment? Did you enjoy the Sonic film as much as I did? Maybe less, maybe more. Um, do you agree with my point about you should have lent in even more to the video gamey stuff? Because that here is where you can kind of do that. So anyway, let me know your thoughts, feelings, questions, comments, whatever you've got. Uh, Matthew at EntertainmentTalk.org. Twitter eTalkUK and there's information in your show notes. In the meantime, you can find everything else that we do on entertainmenttalk.org and podcast platforms, TV, games, films, May Night Podcast. Take a look at what we do. Uh, other stuff as well, you can support us on Patreon, $5, $10 level tiers. Add free podcast review options, look out for that as well if you'd like to. 
Uh, TV and film news over on Geek Town Radio. Um, Geektown.co.uk, Geek Town Radio on Tuesdays. Look out for that as well if you want to. Um, of course, word of mouth, tell people, and that sort of thing. Social media, all that stuff. Do what you do with that. Um, so there's that. Bex is still streaming pretty much daily or very regularly over on Twitch. Trista BYTES for retro, retro chat game and other streams. So look at what she's doing over there. Go and support her work. Uh, me, Twitch, randomly and occasionally eTalk UK over on Twitch and YouTube Entertainment Talk plays for all the archived stuff of that stuff. Thanks for listening and I'll catch you next time. Goodbye. <laughs>